Welcome to Ginspired, brought to you by theginshop.ca. This podcast will take you on a journey into the world of gin, where you'll experience this versatile spirit in ways you never thought possible. Now the host of Ginspired, Heather E. Wilson. Hello and welcome to Ginspired, where we talk about and celebrate everything about the wonderful juniper lace spirit called Gin. And on today's episode, I'm super excited to welcome Marlene Cameron, Clarity and Confidence, coach, speaker, and trainer who empowers women in business and leadership all over the world. Yay. Welcome, Marlene. Thanks, Heather. Today, we're going to chat about her experiences with gin and her martini club. And I'm pretty excited to hear about this martini club, Marlene. But first, as with all episodes, we're going to share what we are drinking today. And Marlene, because you're my guest, you get to go first. Well, I like to have kind of a hybrid. It's kind of a martini, but there's no vermouth, so very dry. Mm -hmm. And kind of like gin on the rocks. But I like to think of it as a martini, so I'll go with that. (laughs) So basically gin in a martini glass. Right. (laughs) It's very similar to mine. I like an extremely dry martini. So kind of like the vermouth just sniffs it, you know, like just barely on it. And then I can never decide between olives and a twist of lemon. So I use both. I actually love lots of olives and I love twist lemon. So mine's a weird hybrid too, I guess. But very. I forgot to mention olives. I do yeah. olives. Yeah. Olives. So good. I'm glad you're on the olive side of the fence because Larry is the opposite. He prefers just lemon and he hates olives. So we always have this constant battle of olive, no olive. So yay. All right. So let's get to know you a little bit more first, and maybe you could just share a little bit about you and your first introduction to gin. Well, that was a few years ago, and I don't really remember the the first time, but I'm pretty sure it was pretty generic gin and tonic. And I quite like that because it's nice summer drink. So probably start off with gin and tonic. And like in your 20s, like forever ago, last week? <laughs> um, I would say in my 20s. Yeah. You know, I, I've always liked the Bombay Sapphire gin. I love that pretty blue bottle. <clears throat> it's probably not the highest level gin, but I found it aesthetically pleasing in that pretty bottle. I completely agree. And that's the exact gin that I started on was the Bombay Sapphire because I liked the bottle. Listeners, that is not a way to choose your gin by the bottle. However, there are some absolutely gorgeous bottles out there and the Bombay Sapphire bottle is definitely very pretty. So I was there too, Marlene. (laughs) The other great thing about that particular bottle is you could put it in a milk carton and then put water in the milk carton and freeze it. And then you could peel the milk carton away and you had this ice encased bottle of gin. What? Mm -hmm. That is a crazy, awesome tip. I never in a million years thought that. And then you wrap it in a nice white napkin. Mm. It looks very upscale. Now it's upscale. Wow. I'm going to try that. So that's your first introduction to gin. And you were drinking gin and tonics in your 20s with friends and family, I'm assuming. What happened after that? How did you move from a gin and tonic to martinis, I guess? That's a big jump. 
Yeah, well, fast forward a few decades, actually. Mm. I was involved with the event here in, in Calgary, co-chairing the Alberta House and Garden Tour. My co-chair decided that, you know, maybe the four of us, because there was two other women on the committee that we connected with, maybe we should go out for a martini. Mm. And so that was the beginning of our monthly martinis. And then it kind of just went from there. And so that was your very first martini ever with her? It may not have been, but I, that's the first memorable one, I will say. Memorable one, yeah. Because having a martini first off, having never had one before, can be quite the experience in itself, right? Because it's strong and not everyone can handle or like that. And so that's why I was just wondering, you know, if it was your first martini, what that experience was like. But sometimes we don't remember our first martini. <laughs> well, it's interesting because a couple of members, they started off with crantinis, you know, so they would have the cranberry uh, juice. But they gradually converted over to a more purist mm. version of martini, in my mind. Right. All right. And they were probably having vodka in theirs to start, right? So you have this martini club. What happened every month? Let's talk about that. Every month you guys would get together. Did you do it at your house? Did you go out? Like who was making these martinis? We went all over. We went to different restaurants and sometimes we met at each other's homes. And it was actually one of the women's husband named us the martinis. And start suggesting things like, you know, maybe we were being a little bit too inclusive. Maybe we shouldn't be inviting other, you know, women to the group, but we were never inclined to do so. Um, right. If one of the ladies couldn't attend, we may invite a guest, you know, for have a foursome, but it stayed the four of us for many, many years. Hmm. Well, that makes sense. You know, it was your initial group, your original reason for getting together. I can't see why you'd want to have other people actually. And so I think that's great. So if you changed up your martinis all the time, so you weren't always having the exact same martini, what one was your favorite? Well, actually, we didn't change the martinis so much. We just changed the venues. Oh, wow. You know, going from, you know, different restaurants or, you know, going to each other's homes and things like that. And then it went from there. Okay. And where's there? Where's next? Well, then the martinis started traveling. So <laughs> the traveling martini. I love it. I think our first trip was to New York City. Four of us went together and had an awesome time. And of course, you know, wherever we went had our martini. And then I think we went off to Mexico. We actually went to a lake cottage in Saskatchewan and hung out there for several days. And we also went to New Orleans. I used to mm. live in New Orleans. Yeah. I bet you the martinis there were great. Mm-hmm. My favorite <laughs> martini is in New Orleans. And so did you guys all become pros at making martinis? Yeah, we were pretty good. We had our martini shakers and our martini glasses, and we really had great martini olive picks, like really <gasps> cool picks. That's critical. Picks are very important. How do you do your vermouth? I know you just said you don't really use a lot of vermouth, but do you have an atomizer? Do you just do the splash and swirl and chuck method or what do you do? Just a few drops yeah. in, in the shaker and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have two ways. I like to just put a teeny bit in the glass, swirl it around and then chuck it. I know it sounds horrifying to chuck it, but it's not that much, right? Because then it kind of coats the glass. So you get just enough and not too much. And then I also like to use the atomizer, which is just a little spritz. So then it's 
not too many drops, but Larry likes a little bit more. So we are always in this battle, of course. Okay. So tell me about this best martini ever from New Orleans. What made it so best? What was so special about it? Well, I think there's a number of contributing factors. First of all, the four of us were there together and it's just, we're having such an awesome time. I have a favorite restaurant in the French quarter. It's called Mr. B's Mm. and somehow their martinis They have all these little teeny tiny ice crystals floating on the top of the martini. And there's something about that for me that just makes it like kind of magical. Have you ever watched them make it? Well, it looks like they're just shaking it like everybody else does, but. Must be using crushed ice or something different then. Yeah, Hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's just the altitude. (laughs) Below (laughs) sea level. The lack thereof. Yeah. Huh. Who knew? That's interesting. Okay. Okay. So Martini Club is traveling all around the world, doing these crazy, awesome, fun things, having martinis in interesting places. Then what? Take me after that or during that. I mean, do you still travel? Well, not during COVID. Okay. We'll pretend COVID didn't happen, but you know. Well, one of our members passed away, unfortunately. And so the three of us get together, but we don't tend to have martinis anymore. I'm teaching them how to play bridge. So we're still having nice evenings together. But there was a special evening and I was married for 30 years. Mm-hmm. And back when you kept the top of your yes. wedding cake for the first christening. and Right. It was in my mother's little freezer and she was moving from her condo into a senior's residence. And she says, Marlene, time to take your cake home. So I just happened to have this cake. It was fruit cake with Mm -hmm. that hard icing sitting on the kitchen counter. And we were sitting around having a martini. And one of the ladies said, well, what do you think that cake's like? That's martini talking right there. (laughs) (laughs) So we literally broke into the cake because the icing was so incredibly hard. Right. And it was perfectly fine. And we ate the whole thing. With our martinis. Wow. And how old was the cake? 30 years. 30 years old. Wow. And mm-hmm. your mom kept it in her freezer for 30 years? hmm And nobody got food poisoning <laughs> or anything weird? Wow. No, I understand that they've found fruitcakes that are like decades or even over 100 years old, and they're still preserved, and they're still edible. So, yeah, no, we were fine. Who knows? Maybe the martinis helped with any... Pretty sure you know. they did. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they did. Okay, so did have this martini club for however many years. I know a lot of people are out there wondering, well, how the heck do I start a martini club? And do you have any tips for anyone, you know, maybe wanting to start a martini club? Well, I think the secret is to get individuals who are committed. You know, like we never missed. Like if we set a date everybody would show up. It wasn't like, oh, I can't make it that, you know, if it was like come hell or high water or going for a martini. <laughs> Excellent advice. Excellent <laughs> advice. <laughs> All right. So we have our committed people, I guess, frequency, you know, you could go monthly, yeah. bi-monthly, weekly. So choosing a frequent, how mm-hmm. often you're going to meet Yep. and going out or staying in. Mm-hmm. Either works. Either I think we initially went out more initially, and then we just being more mindful and just the fun of going to other people's homes. And yeah, right. And you could make your own snacks. And exactly, it's kind of. I mean, going out is amazing and fun, but it's also really nice to be in your own space where you can kind of relax a little more. Yeah, you know. And plus, then you don't have the driving thing to worry about or taxis and, or yeah. And then we had martini gifts, so you know you might 
gift somebody with new martini picks or martini little napkins or, you know, stuff like or that. Or a inspired cookbook. Ooh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Just putting that out there. There's lots of martinis in the book. Okay. Any other fun, doesn't have to be martini related, but gincidents that you might've had over your life? I know you've probably had a few. When we went to New Orleans, there was a gentleman, because we, you of us had worked in the commercial interior design industry. And though this gentleman who had a manufacturing facility here in Calgary knew that we were going, he said, I'm going to treat you to dinner. So we went to a really cool restaurant and the thought went around the table, maybe we should pay for our own martinis. And, And then we were like, no, no, he's offered, you know, he gets the bill for a martini. So that made it really fun. <laughs> well, anything else you'd like to share about your martini club or gin in general? Oh, what is nowadays, aside from blue sapphire, what is your favorite gin right now? Or is it still blue sapphire? Well, there's some really great gins being made in Western Canada. And I don't know the name of it. One of my martini friends introduced me to it, but the gin is, has a deep purple color. Oh, that's Empress Gin. Yes. Empress 1908. Exactly. Very cool gin. Yes. I have a couple of bottles right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just recalled something. I still like to go and have a martini on my birthday, which is towards the end of October. So I've been to the Bounce Springs Hotel for Mm. a martini. I've been to the, the Empress Hotel. In Victoria. Mm, yes. I went back to New Orleans and had the martini at Mr. B's a couple of years ago. So that's my own birthday tradition as I go to a really beautiful, swanky place and have a martini for my birthday. That's an awesome tradition. Any idea where this year might be? Being that you're kind of in lockdown a little bit. Yeah. I'm talking to a friend in Victoria, so I might be headed out there. Oh, really? Wow. Do they serve martinis at the top of the Calgary? tower whatever they call that restaurant they might i I mean in a pinch you're at the top of the world (laughs) you know that'd be a good view all right well there you have it everything you want to know about martini club and creating your own traditions and all about marlene and how she's started with a gin and tonic and now is a martini connoisseur so there you go thank you marlene so much for being here it's been a real pleasure And thank you, everybody, for being here. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to Marlene. And a reminder that Gin Inspired Our Cookbook is now on sale at theginshop.ca for all your gin clothing and novelty needs. And until next time, remember, the best tonic has a large gin in it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Gin Inspired, brought to you by theginshop.ca. If we've Gin Inspired you, drop us a note heather at the ginshop.ca. We may even read your email or feature your ginspirational story in an upcoming episode. And remember to follow us on social media. Until next time, let the party be gin. <laughs>